Hello and welcome to Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. I'm Maria Skobe-Pile, your host, and this is episode 30. Before we go to the main part of the show, I would like to remind you of two things. First one, if you like this podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcast. And the second announcement, join the community for women in customer success. If you want to connect with other amazing women, share resources, best practices, coffee chats, mentoring or career development, check the link in the show notes and join the community. Today I'm talking to Anika Zubair, VP of Customer Success at Insided. Anika has been in customer success for most of her career, starting from customer success coach and moving up to a leadership positions, leading various customer success teams globally. She's also an active member of customer success community, leading CSM London Meetup, speaking in various industry events, and she also has her podcast called Customer Success Channel. Today, Anika is sharing her career journey, tips and lessons for overcoming challenges and progressing your career. But also, Anika is giving us a little masterclass on digital CSM. What is digital CSM? What are the required skills? And what are the differences between digital CSM and a regular one? When is digital customer success the best approach for your organization? And so much more. So let's get on to the main part of the show and hear the conversation with Anika Zubair. I'm really excited to welcome Anika Zubair today, VP of Customer Success at Insided, lead of CSM London Meetup Group, and a fellow podcast host. Hi, Anika. It is such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be on this side of the mic rather than doing the interview. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to just have a chat around all things customer success as I already talk about that on my own podcast. So it's just really exciting to be here and have this chat with you today. How does it feel being on another side? I'm actually kind of uh, a little nervous, but a little excited. I think normally, obviously, I'm the one asking the questions. So (laughs) to be asked the questions, I'm sitting here wondering, I was like, oh, I hope I don't say anything wrong, but uh, let's see how it goes. (laughs) I should probably ask you that at the end as well. (laughs) Yeah, let's see how it goes. (laughs) Let's see. Annika, for those probably few listeners who still don't know you yet, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Anika, and I am currently VP of Customer Success at Insided. Just started the role a little over a month ago, but for the last 10 years or so, I have been working in customer success, primarily in customer success leadership. Uh, The accent you might hear is actually Californian, born and raised, but for the last 10 years, I have been living abroad, four years in Germany, where is where I started my tech world and started to work in the tech sectors. I also did my master's there and then I continued to stay in Germany. Fun note, I was only supposed to live abroad for a year and I'm coming on to 10 years now. But after four years of living in Germany, I then decided to move to London and that's where I am now. And then it's been about five and a half years now in London. So this Californian has been out of the sun for 10 years and I'm I'm missing the sun as I look outside in the gray window of London. But yeah, that's kind of my background, mostly in the CS space. Like I said, um, I did have sales and account management roles prior 
But then majority of the last 10 years has been in customer success. This is so interesting journey. Yeah, you've been abroad for 10 years and you were supposed to be abroad only for one year. But life happened in the meanwhile, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I came to UK, it was really just for one year. And very similarly, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, when we are talking about the life that happened in the meanwhile, so you were doing lots of studies in Germany and you entered the tech world. I noticed you also went to study abroad in Cambridge. So how was that experience? Tell me more about which yeah. did you attend? What did you like? Being at Cambridge is also kind of like the gateway of me wanting to be in London at some point. When I did do a semester abroad at Cambridge, I actually studied political science and international relations. It's what I did my bachelor's and my master's in. Nothing to do with technology or customer success, but really, is there even a study on customer success or a master's or a degree in customer success? Not really, but I wish there was. But regardless, I did that. And yeah, when I was at Cambridge, I really fell in love with London and like the London city life. And I always thought to myself, one day I'd move to London and an opportunity came up and a job brought me here. And so I was uh, very grateful for that because I, I've loved it ever since. But yeah, I was only supposed to be abroad for a year. I even had a return flight 300 days later. And then one year has now turned into almost 10 this September. <laughs> well, congratulations on that very nice anniversary. <laughs> it seems that you are absolutely happy in the UK, even without the Californian sun. But I'm sure there are so many other things that make you stay and happy here. Definitely, definitely. Annika, you have done really great things in your career. When you spoke about your whole journey of coming from California to Europe and really starting the new life, starting also a very new career that is not related at all to your studies. So lots of new beginnings and you progressed really pretty quickly in your career. And now you have already years of experience in the leadership of customer success. What would be some lessons that you have learned along the way and that you think would be really useful for others that are on the similar journey? I'd have to say it's a combination of hard work and persistence. And I think that a lot of people say, oh, I just got lucky. And I really don't believe in luck. I think you create your own luck. And I think that when you are persistent and you also show how much work you're willing to put in, you're able to progress appropriately and quickly. I'd also have to say that working in the startup scale-up world results in being able to take on a lot more than you'd probably expect. So you end up being in leadership even without a title because you're just taking on so many projects, so many new things. And then obviously maybe being the first in CS in a company or even the first employee sometimes in a company, you're able to progress quite quickly in your career. But I think the lesson I would say out of all of this is don't say sorry, just do what you need to do and get it done. Don't be rude about it. I'm not saying go in there and do everything, but also don't wait for others to make the opportunity for you. A lot of times women send us we tend to say sorry, or before asking questions, we end up being apologetic. And then if we spoke out of turn or anything like that, and I just have to say, like, I think my lesson, if I were to look back at it, don't say sorry, just get what you need to do done. And then that would lead to progression anyways. That's a great lesson. And especially when you put it in the startup world where you really have to do what needs to be done, right? And yep. you have all the authority to do it because if you are not the one doing it, Probably there is no one else. There's no one else doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
Tell me more about your latest venture or latest role as a VP of customer success at Insight. So what do you do? What type of finds do you reach? Tell me your story about Insight. So I think Insighted and being the VP of customer success there is kind of just a little bit of a wow moment for me personally. As you know, I, I have the podcast that I run as well as CSM London, the meetup group. So I have been very much heavily involved in customer success outside of the nine to five. I obviously do it in the nine to five as well, but it's such a passion of mine as it is for you running this podcast that it's natural to do it outside of my day job. And Insighted is a customer success tool. It is built for customer success managers, for community managers. It's built for anyone who wants to be able to put all of your customer communications in one place to streamline support tickets, to encourage engagement, to build product ideation and close the feedback loop with your customers. So it's all of that all in one platform. So when they approached me for this role, I was like, are you kidding? This sounds like the best company for me because I love everything to do with customer success. And I never actually, until they approached me, I never thought about working for a CS tool. I always thought about working in customer success in B2B SaaS organizations, but I never thought, oh my gosh, I should work for the people that actually help make my job easier as a CSM. And that's, that's exactly what the love marriage I'm going to call between me and Insighted right now. But I'm also very new, still only a one month in. So <laughs> ask me again in a year. <laughs> Anika, I wonder why wouldn't you consider this before? Did it never cross your mind? Or you were really just enjoying being the customer success for other businesses and just never thought of being customer success for the whole customer success industry? I was doing like you, like you said, I, we just do our jobs. We continue to help our customers and our teams that we run and the organizations that we work for that I never really thought about being CS in a CS tool. Like when you look at these tools out there nowadays, like Incited or anyone else that's serving up customer success tooling, you just think, oh, they've got CS all handled. They know how to do it all. And how would I come in and contribute? But like, I think that you never think that, oh, I could see myself a part of that tool and a part of what they are building out when it comes to a customer success organization. So I think I never thought of it until it approached me. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like that's every, that's my ethos. I not only live and breathe this, they live and breathe it. So I'd have to say, yeah, it was a moment of uh, awakening, I guess, of realizing <laughs> that I could actually work within CS tooling. <laughs> Which is awesome because I could imagine the pressure could be really high because it's like the whole global CS community is looking at you and your product and what are you doing and how you are developing it. But then on another hand, you've been the one living and breathing the industry already. And this is now your way of putting your footprint into the tool that will help people like you. So it's yeah. an awesome contribution to the community. Yeah, you just, you literally just highlighted already I, everything that we share, whether it's in the communities that we're a part of or on LinkedIn or on these Slack communities, we're already living and breathing it. And then sometimes you get a little nervous thinking, oh, am I going to live up to being the VP of CS at a tool that is breathing customer success? And then you realize, actually, we're doing it every day anyways. And now you get to do it a part of your nine to five job. So yeah, you just answered what I would probably say anyways. So you're just the best fit for it anyway. Anika, so what would be your tips for career progression? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that um, a lot of people who are listening to this, I think don't ever assume anything. So make your intentions very clear and express them to your manager. Don't assume that your manager knows that you want to be a team lead or you want to be a product specialist 
when your manager tells you that you, let's say you want a team lead and your manager tells you, okay, Anika, you need to do X, Y, and Z to be team lead. Awesome. Do those things, obviously accomplish them, but also don't assume that your manager is seeing you do X, Y, and Z. So the next time you have your one-to-one or the next time you have like any sort of 360 review, remind them we're all busy people and it's not the fault of your manager. Your manager wants to see you progress in your career, but we're going to forget. Naturally, people end up forgetting. So just be really clear with your manager what you want. Don't assume anything and remind them of all the things you have done to earn that next step in your career progression. I believe when you started your career in customer success, you were in the area of how we call it now, digital customer success, right? So can you tell us more about what does it even mean? We hear a lot about it. There is a big hype around it, but how does it actually look like on a day-to-day basis? Going back in my career, when I moved out of account management into customer success, the first role I had was actually called a customer success coach. And the reason we were a coach is because we were one to many customer success managers. I had over 2000 accounts in my portfolio of clients. So it was never like the white glove one-to-one service that I think most CSMs are used to these days. It was a one-to-many approach. That's what Vend, my company at the time then called it. That's what they were looking for. And it was really a time that before the digital CSM was really branded as a digital CSM. And it was meant to basically help scale. The company was at a point where they were bringing on so many customers that they really needed to educate these customers, onboard them, make sure that they adopt different product features, but they couldn't do it one-to-one anymore. And they just weren't paying enough also to tailor for that white glove service. So anyways, long story short, That is where I think digital CS actually started is those companies that were trying to scale because there comes a point in any company's journey is like, how many CSMs do you hire until it's just way too expensive to hire 50 CSMs? You just can't, it's not sustainable. You can't keep that up. If anything, this last year has really taught us that we live in a digital world and there has been more evidence now more than ever that there's more than one way of interacting with your customer. The new normal is actually digital. The new normal is us sitting via Zoom rather than sitting in an office or rather than traveling to your customer's office to have an EBR. What I'm trying to say here is that when I started, it was a one-to-many approach. And I just see that coming back and digital-led customer success being kind of, let's say, the next step. I don't think one-to-one CSM will go away, but as a company scales, as a company decides to take on hundreds, if not thousands, new customers. There needs to be a way customer success is able to access those customers, be able to train those customers, be able to onboard those customers. And that's where I think digital CS is really going to shine. And um, at Insighted, we also really believe in digital customer success because our tool is one central like customer success center where you can then put all your communications about your customers, all your events, all your product ideation, all your roadmap, all your releases, everything to do with onboarding and knowledge base all in one place. So you are then moving towards more digital rather than to the one-to-one approach. So in that sense, your customers have the access to that community where they can see by themselves different trainings, different events, roadmap. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And the thing is, I'm not saying that it's it's one or the other, because we definitely have a hybrid approach. And that's what I could probably recommend to everyone is if you are going to go down a digital led customer success program, think of your customer journey and think of it being a hybrid approach. It doesn't all have to be digital. It doesn't all have to be one to one. 
but something in the middle there. And then in, in having a community or having a central customer success hub that you can have everything in one place, just in case your customers want to have that digital interaction, it's there. I'm interested to find more about what does a digital customer success actually do on a daily basis? So when you're thinking about all those different ways of supporting your clients, how does it actually look like? Is it a lot of email campaigns where you're teaching them on a particular features or anything else? Is it you providing training that is recorded or one-to-many? Is it you holding webinars? What are the activities of a digital customer success manager? Yeah, definitely. Great question. So I think that it is a CSM meets a marketer meets someone who kind of knows the product as well. So it's definitely a unicorn in some sense. But I think a digital CSM is primarily focused on delivering the same customer journey and the same touch points that any other CSM would be delivering. So when you're talking about onboarding and certain milestones and onboarding, or even QBRs and even product releases, all of that is still a part of your customer journey when you're a digital CSM. The difference now is that instead of having a one-to-one Zoom meeting, or instead of traveling to your customer's office to sit down and do all a QBR presentation, you're now doing it in a one-to-many fashion. So that could be a webinar, that could be a podcast, like we're talking right now, that could be a blog post, That could be an email campaign. That could be videos. Videos are a new thing of, I think, customer success ever since we've gone remote. A lot of people are doing short little videos or GIFs that they're recording of themselves and then sending out to their customers so that they can learn. And I think a lot of people have to remember that on the other side, a customer might want to get that digital experience over the one-to-one. Imagine how many tools you're using every single day. I know my team uses like Slack, Zoom, Gainsight, Asana, Zendesk, Mixpanel. The tool stack goes on and on and on. Do I have time as a VP of customer sales to always have that one-to-one QBR? Maybe for some of those tools, but maybe not all. And I would love to have more of a digital-led approach where I can view that in my own time and I can then get back to my CSM if I have any more questions or anything like that. So it's still the same touch points that you would experience as a regular CSM, just a one-to-many fashion. Perfect. Now I'm really interested to know how do you get the feedback from the clients about the values that they are getting from your tool? How do you capture that data Because as you said, when you're having face-to-face QBR, you would have a chance to ask questions. You could hear the responses very clearly. You can even see based on the body language what they think about your whole organization. So how do you collect that type of data and feedback within the digital customer success? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great question because I think most companies are already doing this when they're doing it one-to-one. If you're doing an MPS survey or you're doing a CSAT survey, or you're doing any survey, that's not me asking the question. That is actually a survey asking you a question. So that's a digital-led strategy already. And then also, a lot of people have communities or portals, and Insider does this really well as well, where you can, your customer can then provide feedback on the product. They can be either say a feature is great, they can see a feature that they would like to request, or they can go and see release notes as well. And they can see what's coming up and what's being released. All of that is also usually in a digital manner. Like a CSM presents it nicely. A CSM will have a one-to-one meeting where they're going to maybe do a show and tell of something, 
but it's actually already all digital. It's just we're taking that information and then presenting it in a different manner. For a digital-led strategy, when you are looking for product feedback or closing that product loop, Inside it does it really well. I'm not going to keep pitching it, but it, it is a tool where you are going to have feedback coming into one central location where your product managers can then also address back to your customers. Yes, we're going to put this on the roadmap. No, we're not going to. Or even the CSMs can come in and be like upvoting things and saying like, yep, that's a really great point of feedback. And what's great is it's not just a one-to-one. Customers can also comment with other customers saying, oh yeah, I totally wanted that feature as well. Let me upvote this because this person suggested it in the first place. So yeah, so I think that digital is actually a lot more ingrained in CS than we give it credit for. I think you're absolutely right. I do work with high-touch clients, but we also had have that community where customers can really provide their feedback on the product and product is there responding. We are there to upload. So very similar idea of having that very close, almost communication between the clients and the product. But now I wonder, as we are still talking about the digital-led customer success, what are then the indicators that customers might be going sideways, that they might not be that very successful anymore, and that they could potentially turn? How do you capture that data? Definitely. That's such a key data point. And I think that that's all captured from product usage. It's definitely on how many monthly active users do you have? How many times are they logging in? Which features are they using? Have they integrated with any of your integrations? All of these, I'm hoping everyone who's listening to this is in the SaaS B2B space that also is able to capture some sort of product usage. But we personally use Mixpanel to capture all that data. And all of that is then funneled back into our health score. And so we're able to see how engaged a customer is. And we're really trying to push monthly active customers because we think that that's a great metric to start tracking and to make sure that month on month, if your customer has X amount of monthly active customers, it means that they're seeing success within our tool. So I'd say if you are thinking about moving to a digital-led CS program, pick a few metrics that make sense and that are absolute key metrics to track in product usage and make sure you're tracking that across your high touch, as well as your digital-led strategy. You said that digital customer success is almost like a unicorn on its own kind, because again, there is a mixture of so many different skills that they should have. What do you see as most important skills for a person to thrive in that role? I'm actually probably going to be hiring one soon. So if anyone listening to this is looking for a job, let me know. But regardless of that, I think that someone who, like most CSM hires. You're looking for someone who's empathetic towards customer needs, who's definitely dynamic and can present back to a customer in a, in a great way because they're likely going to be on a webinar where they're presenting to hundreds of customers instead of just one. So they're going to have to be someone who's engaging in that way. But also, I think someone who's able to juggle multiple different things because you're going to be there, but not really there. So you're not going to have one customer. You're going to have Hundreds, So you definitely need to be able to juggle multiple projects. And you're also going to have to have that mentality of, okay, I see success in this moment, or I see success in this client, how can I replicate it across 50 instead of one, you're going to have to think in the bigger scale up mindset. So I think someone who who did be in this role has to have their hat on for customer success, be empathetic, be able to work with customers. But you have to start kind of thinking in a marketing way, like how do you reach out to many? How do you like, you know, make sure your voice and what you're trying to train is not just to one customer, to tens or fifties or hundreds of customers. And then also making sure you think in a way of scale, because you're always going to have more customers than probably the regular CSM. 
you said the regular CSM. I would now like to challenge you as a person who really like EBRs, having face-to-face interaction with clients, unfortunately not at the moment, but at least one-to-one on Zoom and just really experiencing that high-touch model being very close to, you know, strategic clients and understanding how their whole company is working based on your product because that's the data that they're giving you. What would you tell me? Why would I be looking very closely into maybe becoming a digital CSM? What is there for me as a regular? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel bad now for saying regular. But um, (laughs) no, I think whether you're a high touch or a one to many CSM, I think the thing is, the difference is, is that with digital led, you need to be very data driven, you need to be very numbers oriented, you need to be tracking all those little things, because that's actually going to show you the health of your customer, because you're not going to have that interaction that a one-to-one CSM is used to. Don't get me wrong. One-to-one CSM hold the CSM sentiment. They're the reason that just like data can't always tell you. Sometimes the one-to-one conversation is going to solidify if a customer is going to churn or if they're going to upsell or if they're gone dormant. But I'd say that those are, again, those customers that you identify that need that one-to-one approach. And that's why I said earlier as well that you don't have to be fully digital, but you also don't have to be fully one-to-one. A hybrid is a nice medium ground. And I think that you need to reserve the one-to-one or white glove experience for the strategic customers that you definitely need to have that interaction, that need to have an EBR in person, that need to you know, have those regular cadence calls just to make sure they're adopting new features. But there is also, like I said, I have half a dozen tools that my team uses and do I have time for an EBR with every tool? Probably not, but they are mission critical, but I, I would want my content in a different way. So I think it's more catering towards the different types of customers you have And also remembering that they might not always have the time to dedicate to an EBR, especially if they have 20 tools that they have EBRs for. That is such a great point. I, as a person who loves EBRs, can do the most of other things in customer success. I'm completely sure that they will change over time. I completely agree with you that it is necessary for those strategic customers as well, because they would like to receive the same digital content and the same maybe type of webinars or trainings, as well as face-to-face conversations. You're absolutely right. When do they have time for all of it? Because they might need to sit on 20 EBRs a month and... When will they do their job? I'm completely with you when you're so nicely describing how digital customer success is actually crucial in all the different segments. You can apply it everywhere and then you just know where else you should focus your high-touch efforts. Yeah, definitely. I think that's spot on. And I think that, again, to some people, your tool is mission critical, but not to all. To, like, to some, it's you want to be mission critical, but you have to remember that those aren't your strategic clients, that they're using your tool, but they're... if for some reason, your software is gone, it doesn't mean that they can stop doing their business. So those are your non-strategic clients. So maybe you take a digital touch with them. At the same time, I'm very much an advocate for a hybrid approach, because even in your highest touch customers, like you just said, some might not have time for 20 EBRs. And if that's the case, you have to be accommodating that there has to be a different way of educating them of sharing an EBR or sharing a product roadmap update. And I think last year or this ongoing pandemic has taught us that we definitely have to take new ways of working and a digital led way isn't always the worst way to think about it. Oh, absolutely. And especially when we are talking about QBRs or EBRs that are really time consuming for the clients, 
as much as we always want to think that they are incredibly useful for them, they don't have time for it really. Very often CSMs are measured by the amount of QBRs they are doing because that is an easy metric to measure internally as a team. So as a digital CSM, what would be some key metrics that you would measure those CSMs? First of all, I want to kind of like push back on the EBRs and metric of measuring CSMs on EBRs. I think that that is an okay metric to track, but an EBR should include your executive sponsor. So if you are just having an EBR to have an EBR to hit a ticking box exercise, I would actually reevaluate that and say, are your executives actually coming to these EBRs and are you able to provide them with real ROI? So real return on investment that your software or your tool is changing their business and, and, and resulting in their outcomes and the reason why they purchased your software. So instead of judging by how many EBRs a CSM is doing, I would actually say how many outcomes are your clients getting from your customer success manager, whether that's in an EBR or an email or a training session. That's just my little little tidbit on that one. But I will also say on the metric that you can track for a digital CSM is similar, but also it's again around engagement. How engaged are those clients with the content that you're sending out? How many webinars are they coming to? How many times do they click the links in your emails? How many times do they actually log into your software per day, per month, per week, whatever the cadence is? How many times are they contributing to product feedback? Are they requesting new features? Are they opening release notes? And and that's why I think I mentioned like this would be a hybrid between someone who's CS, but also marketing, because a lot of those things are marketing tools. And I know our marketing team definitely tracks those kind of open links or, you know, number of signups for a webinar. And, And I think that there's lots of other metrics that you can track day to day of what a digital CSM is doing. But it would be, again, very data heavy. You need to have certain data points that you are tracking to see success in that role. Perfect. It sounds to me almost a digital CSM and customer marketing are very, very closely related roles. And I'm sure that some companies are using the term interchangeably. for Definitely. I think so. Yeah. 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 I definitely think I, I think I've heard it as customer marketeer or even like um, customer market strategist or something like that. I've heard so many different or customer education manager as well. So it's a mix of a few different things, but I definitely see it being more, more and more important in more companies this year. It's wonderful how the industry is growing so rapidly that we see so many different roles and so many different names for the same roles. I just love being in the industry at the moment. <laughs> I would like to ask you, is there any question that you would like others to ask you more often? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question in general. And I'm actually actively interviewing. And so I always find it interesting what interviewees are asking me. But I actually wish that people would ask me the question, what are you most grateful for today? And I think this comes from, I write my own gratitude diary every morning. So I wake up and I write three things that I'm grateful for every single day. And they can be as simple as I'm grateful for the sun shining, but then it can be like, I'm grateful for technology because right now that's the way I communicate with my family in California. But I practice gratitude every single day. And I think it would be really cool if we started asking each other instead of what do you want to accomplish or focus on today? But sometimes just think about, take a moment to be really grateful for the life you lead and just ask, what are you most grateful for and why kind of thing? 
This is really so wonderful. I'm thinking straight away about my three things I'm grateful for. I will say I'm grateful because the sunshine is coming after the rain that I had the whole morning. Grateful for having this conversation with Annika because I am so pumped up now and I have learned tons about digital customer success. And I'm grateful because weekend is approaching, right? Yeah, whoa, those are three great things to be grateful for. And I think that if we just started asking each other that, we could probably come out of the conversation smiling. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that tip because just starting every single day with that mindset, what am I grateful for? Especially in this whole midst of pandemic and lockdown that we are still facing, this is an incredibly positive thing to do. So thanks so much for sharing that with the listeners. Definitely. I would love all the listeners to, I would love to ask you guys. So if you want to share it with me, please tell me, what are you grateful for? So where can listeners find you online? What's the best way to connect with you? You can obviously come to CSM London meetup group because we have meetups every month digitally right now. So anyone in the world can attend, but also we're mostly primarily based in London. I also have my own podcast that I mentioned. So the Customer Success Channel podcast, if you ever want to reach out to me through there. But I'd say LinkedIn is probably the easiest way that you can probably reach me, Anika Zuber. I try to make sure I respond to your email by the end of the week. I am very much an inbox zero kind of girl. So if you message me, I will send you something back. Even if it's a shorthand message, I will try to respond in the week. Great, Anika. Thanks for this. You can expect tomorrow of your inbox to be filled with different requests and questions. You asked for it. No, definitely. The CS community is all about sharing. And I absolutely love taking the opportunity to, yeah, exchange ideas, share. I have questions. I love asking people. And I would love if people ask me too. I think that's how we continue to learn. What would be your message for aspiring leaders in customer success? Yeah, I'm going to take this as a more of like female leaders, because I definitely feel empowered talking to women, because I feel like whenever I hear another woman speaking about becoming the next steps of a leader, I always feel very empowered as well. So I think the one message I could probably give is keep on going and don't let society tell you that you are weaker or not as equipped as you should be. Like women today are working full time. They have more degrees. They're running marathons while pregnant. They're giving birth. They, they go right back into the boardroom a week or two later after giving birth. Honestly, women are super women. I commend all these women that I see as that are great examples. And I just think if you want to be a leader, like just keep reminding yourself that you can do it and don't let everyday society or everyday slow you down because yeah, you can do it. I believe in you and then you got to believe in yourself. Amazing commencement. But now I wonder, have you had any challenges or someone almost putting you down just because you were a woman? Yeah, I don't know if it's just because I'm a woman, but I would say that a lot of times as women, we tend to stop ourselves. I would say I've had moments in my career where imposter syndrome kicks in. And when you're a woman and you walk into a boardroom, especially if you're in technology, I'd have to say more times than not, although it's getting way better, there's lesser women in tech than there are men. And as a woman in the tech SaaS space, you end up being a minority and you end up doubting your own abilities more than other people doubt you. So I guess when you become a manager or a leader, or you want to move into a progression of your career, don't be nervous if you're the only woman in the room. You're there for a reason. And I think that that's a challenge that I face as a woman in a leadership role. You're there for a reason. That's an amazing motto. I wonder, do you have anyone in particular in business whom you admire? Yeah, I do actually. And maybe this is going to be a very 
corny answer, but I'm going to say it anyways. I admire my mom. She was a single woman working in tech back before tech or SaaS was a cool thing to be in. She was in hardware and software as well. So I'd have to say she raised me and my sister. She always showed me how important it is to not only work hard, but to work smart. And I still look up to her every single day. And I think I admire everyone else in the CS community. Honestly, if you are a woman in the CS community right now, I admire all the women that have come before me. I admire all the women that are continuing to pave the way for women in customer success. And if you are coming after me, I also admire you too, because I keep learning from all these different women in CS and in tech, because uh, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have the opportunity to learn from everyone. Anika, this was wonderful. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming to the show. It was such a nice conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this has been on my wish list for so long. So I really, I feel honored to be invited to chat on here. And then I really hope uh, everyone got something to take away from this conversation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, I'd like to hear from you. So get in touch on LinkedIn, Instagram, and womeninCSpodcast.com. Ask us questions. Let us know what would you like to hear about on the podcast. Whom would you like to hear as a guest? And subscribe now so you don't miss out of the following episodes. Have a great day and talk to you soon.